Coming up this week, performance EVs are on the way from legacy automakers. Ford plans to use Volkswagen's MEB platform in Europe. GM and Nikola finally killed the Badger and more. Hello friends and welcome to episode 43 of the EV Resource Podcast. My name is Zach Hurst and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information and answer your questions about electric vehicles. Before we get started this week, I do want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia for their support for this podcast. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs and hybrids. And from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. I take all of my vehicles there, both the EV and the gas-powered ones. And if you're in Central Virginia, you should check them out too. I've got a packed show this week. Upcoming performance EVs, which of course is the big thing that I get excited about because I just want to go fast. And a bunch more other news stories to share with you as well. We'll start off with Mini. BMW's British brand has a performance arm called John Cooper Works. And that is a nod to John Cooper, who was a racing legend back in the day. And this week, we've learned that the JCW team has been working on an EV. or starting to work on an EV. Because sadly, Mini's head, Burned Cobra, admits that, quote, John Cooper Works models with conventional combustion engines will still continue to have an important role to play to make sure that they're addressing the wishes and needs of performance enthusiasts all around the world. But the new focus on electric performance are also creating an opportunity to sharpen the distinctive profile of John Cooper Works brand more than ever, end quote. Now, an electric JCW model is likely to debut with the next generation of mini hatches alongside what will be the new generation of gas-engined JCW models as well, which at this point is rumored to, to be produced in as a 2023 model year. So we'll see those likely at the end of next, not next year, <laughs> at the end of 2022. The prototype shown in the photos, and if you're on the YouTube video, you can see that, is a current generation body and everything, but it's just a mule that's testing the performance of the electric motors and other systems that will be going into the next generation of electric minis. And hopefully they've developed that quite a bit more than the current generation of minis, which is really just using the old technology from the BMW i3. Now, Colbert also added, quote, with the Mini Electric, we've shown how well brand typical driving enjoyment and electric mobility can be combined. Now it's time to translate the passion for performance of the JCW brand to electric mobility. And that's why we're working to develop concepts for electric John Cooper Works models, end quote. So while it's a small step in the right direction, it does look like they're they're headed there. And at this point, it's really too early to give anything more to this as we don't have any ideas what the specs will be or what the JCW EV will even look like. Side note though, however, if you look at the pictures on the YouTube video, or you can Google search the pictures, I mean, either way, I want to direct your attention to the specific styling that they chose for the camouflage wrap for this car. If you look real close, it's outlines of racetracks, of all the European racetracks. And, and I can recognize a few. Uh, I'd be interested, leave a comment in the YouTube comment section because I'd be interested to see if you guys can identify a few or even all of them. And I'd be really impressed with that if you can. 
Another performance EV that is a lot closer to production and one that you can actually order and reserve today if you wanted to is the Ford Mustang Mach-E GT Performance Edition. This 480 horsepower all-wheel drive rocket ship will blast to 60 miles an hour in as little as three and a half seconds. That is as quick as the 456 horsepower Tesla Model Y performance and the gas-powered, I think it's a V8, the Jeep Cherokee Trackhawk, which itself boasts 707 horsepower. A lot more than the other two, but the 0 to 60 time is the same. So just that just goes to show that EVs can really do a lot more with less because of that instant torque off the line. You don't have to wait for the engine to rev up to the ideal power band. Now, it's natural to compare the GT to the Model Y. I mean, they're similar size, similar shape, and really, as we can see here, similar performance as well. And even the price should be somewhat comparable once you factor in the $7,500 federal tax credit that will be available for the Ford and no longer for Teslas. But one thing that would definitely set them apart is legacy and branding. We have had Mustangs in our lives for the last 55 years, and there's very little chance that a Mustang purist would ever consider a Tesla Model Y. But how about the Mach-E GT performance? There's a chance, especially when you consider that they will probably start seeing more of its taillights than they would want to. Uh, even if you take the current 5-liter, 460-horsepower V8 Mustang GT and compare that to the Mach-E GT performance, the Mustang GT is supposed to do 0 to 60 in 3.9, where the Mach-E GT non-performance will do 3.8, and as I mentioned, the GT with the performance edition will do 3.5. If you were to take these head-to-head, -head, even down to a track, you will notice how much of a true Mustang the Mach-E really is. And interestingly enough, when I was doing the research for this story, those were just two vehicles that I thought were a good comparison on its own. And apparently I'm not alone with this because I stumbled across a poll by Car and Driver asking their audience to compare these two and which vehicle that they would prefer to have. And it's interesting because the Mach-E edges out the Mustang GT by a small margin, not as much as I would have expected but then again, I'm an EV guy, so of course I would expect that EVs are just going to blow everything out of the water. And I think that's probably what we will see if they do this poll again in a year to see who, you know, which vehicle people would prefer. Because once people get their hands on the Mach-E, I think that is when they will really, really get it. They will really get it at that point. And there is no doubt that if you want power, speed, and head-turning good looks, then the Mach-E GT is the right car for you. And yes, while you can reserve one now, you can go to their website and you can actually order and, and reserve it, you will have to wait until the summer of next year for the GT and the GT Performance Editions to start rolling off the assembly line. But that's okay. This is one that's definitely worth waiting for. On to another story about Ford. It looks like they will indeed be using the MEB platform from Volkswagen for their future EV plans in Europe. Citing several German media sources, Electrive reports this week that Ford recently selected its factory in Cologne to produce the first Ford-branded electric car to use the MEB chassis from Volkswagen. And the plan is to launch the MEB-based vehicle in 2023. Over the next several years, Ford expects to deliver more than 600,000 examples of the car, which will, as they say, 
combine generous space with advantages of an electric drive, uh, according to people at the company. In fact, there may be even a second MEB-based vehicle in the works. A report by Handelsblatt from last year quoted Stuart Rowley, the head of Ford Europe, as saying, quote, yes, we are talking about it, end quote. And from an economic point of view, he said it would not make sense to develop just one car on the MEB chassis. Electrive says Volkswagen's CEO, Herbert Deese, told employees in a staff newspaper recently that the company is talking to Ford about a completely new supply contract for a second vehicle. For its part, Volkswagen has always been open to collaboration with other automakers who are interested in using the MEB platform for their own products. Volkswagen describes Ford's use of that platform as, quote, an important cornerstone in Volkswagen's electromobility strategy, end quote. And if we needed further proof, in a companion story, last week, local news source in Germany reported that Magneti Marelli, a tier one supplier to the automotive industry, is planning to construct a factory to manufacture electric motors and other driveline components for electric cars. According to several media sources, Electrive says that the Morelli factory will be co-located with the newly reconfigured Cologne factory for Ford. Ford of Europe apparently plans to invest $2 billion to upgrade that factory for EV production. So why would Volkswagen share its MEB platform with other companies? Well, it's simple. It's economies of scale. The more MEB uh, chassis that are produced, the lower the overall unit cost. And selling them to other companies will also bring in some money that will help pay for Volkswagen's transition to an electric vehicle maker and possibly allow them to maintain being profitable. The benefit for all of us, the EV enthusiasts and, and advocates, if you will, is that the more electric car models there are available, the faster that EV revolution is going to happen. So it's really going to be interesting to see how Ford products differ from Volkswagen products, even as they are going to be based on the same platform. We've already seen that Volkswagen has been able to differentiate their own models based on the same platform with the ID3 and the ID4. And actually this week, now we have another one with the ID6. Earlier this week, Inside EVs got some spy shots of the ID6 doing some cold weather testing. And as far as the way it looks, the overall boring styling should be similar to the ID4. This is a vehicle that will blend in to traffic on your commute. Um, however, the ID6 is going to have a longer wheelbase and look more like a station wagon slash crossover than a smaller SUV like the ID4. In the photos that they got, most of the vehicle is visible. There's minimal camouflage on the body, but the front, for whatever reason, Volkswagen decided to try to disguise the front of the ID6 to look like a Peugeot 5008 uh, people carrier. However, underneath that Peugeot mask, you can see that the prototype has what appear to be production headlights. In the rear, the taillights also appear to be the ones that we'll see on the production version, but Volkswagen has applied some camouflage to them, so we can't see them in their entirety, but there does seem to be a full light bar hiding underneath the black camo applied to the trim piece that links the two rear light clusters together. In terms of specifications, Inside EVs say that they believe the ID6 will be similar to the ID4, although the, with the extended wheelbase, it could theoretically accommodate a larger battery pack. 
Base versions will be rear-wheel drive only, while more expensive ones will feature a dual-motor all-wheel drive system. The ID.6 will go head-to-head with the likes of the Tesla Model X, and since it will most likely undercut it in terms of price, yet still offering the same number of seats, it might upset the Tesla's domination of the seven-seat electric SUV crossover market. Keep in mind that the Rivian R1S is also supposed to have seven seats, so uh, definitely when it comes to moving a lot of people, I would expect that the Volkswagen ID.6 will be the least expensive offering yet. Now, we should expect to see it officially debuted sometime next year, and at that point, we should learn a lot more. Now, I bring you the next story with great joy. Uh, I don't have a distaste for any automaker. And actually, I try to be somewhat brand agnostic when I'm approaching everything, um, with the exception of Nikola. Now, I started off being approaching Nikola the same way I do with everything. And obviously, when the controversy all started, uh, I tried to hang back and not be too judgmental until more and more things came out. Uh, And then they took down my video along with a lot of other people uh, falsely claiming copyright infringement. um, And that just really, really left a bad uh, taste in my mouth for the company. And so maybe I shouldn't, but I'm really happy when I get to share news that is bad for Nikola. And this week, in a restructured deal between GM and Nikola, GM's pulled back quite a bit, and so now Nikola has decided to pull the plug on the Badger pickup truck, ending the development of the hydrogen electric truck and now promising to refund all customer deposits. The startup had hoped to take on Tesla and the Cybertruck with its electric truck, uh, but it's not going to happen. Uh, all of the controversy and and now this new deal has killed the Badger probably for good. The biggest problem with a lot of it is that Nikola had plenty of fancy renderings of the truck, but it didn't have a manufacturing partner or even a prototype. And they had originally been shopping around for somebody to make the truck for them. And that was when they found GM. And GM in September, of course, said that they would do that basically to have a larger economy of scale and um, put their Ultium battery technology in more vehicles. Of course, that's not going to happen. Now, Nikola had been taking deposits of $250 all the way up to $5,000 for the battery, depending on the configuration and drivetrain, and they are going to be refunding all of it. And the last bit of EV news that I have for you comes from Car and Driver about the Hyundai Group's new EV platform. Now, EVs today have become a major part of auto companies' roadmaps. By now, automakers have come to the realization that shoving electric vehicle parts into vehicles that were built to run on gasoline doesn't always result in the type of efficiency an EV and a manufacturing line need. Just like my car, the Chevy Spark EV, they basically just took the gas-powered Spark and made it an EV. And it's, granted, it's the most efficient EV that I know of, um, at least for its price, but it's still not the best way to go about things. And with that in mind, Hyundai is now the latest automaker to announce a modular EV-only platform, also announcing that it will produce 20 
three battery electric vehicles by 2025. Now, I want to be clear, this is the Hyundai group. So it's not just Hyundai, but it's also Kia as well. So those 23 vehicles could be across the whole platform, not just the one brand. The new Electric Global Modular Platform, or E-GMP, or E-GIMP if you prefer, uh, which I think just sounds great. The eGIMP will be the underpinning of new Hyundai and Kia EVs starting in 2021. The first vehicle is going to be the Hyundai Ionic 5 that we've only seen so far in concept form, and then it will be used in other vehicles from Hyundai and Kia, likely to include other Ionic EVs that we're expecting to come from Hyundai's Ionic sub-brand that's the same name as the Ionic vehicle, it gets confusing. Anyway, we can also expect that the eGIMP will be used for future Genesis EVs as well. So then we'll have Hyundai, Kia, Ionic, and Genesis all kind of uh, building off of this one platform. And the platform's main components will be a battery pack underneath the cabin, like a skateboard design, and then an all-in-one motor transmission and inverter kind of the way Tesla does it, designed and developed by Hyundai themselves. And by bundling the components together, Hyundai said that it increased the maximum speed of the motor by up to 70% compared to their existing motors, despite the fact that it's very small. The company says that they can squeeze up to 600 horsepower from the system and that the company will show off a high-performance vehicle next year. Once again, I'm excited about high performance, so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with for that and what brand they put it under. I would imagine we'd be looking at Genesis for that, uh, but who knows? We'll see. Um, and if it's only next year, we don't have long to wait. Now, Hyundai says that the planned high performance vehicle on the eGIMP platform will be capable of doing zero to 60 in less than 3.5 seconds and have a top speed of 161 miles an hour with rear and all wheel drive versions available. The all wheel drive version will be powered by two electric motors instead of one. And to save energy, the front motor will be able to decouple from the wheels when it's not needed. That makes a lot of sense. EVs based on the eGIMP platform, Hyundai says, will be capable of about 310 miles of range on the WLTP scale and capable of charging to 80% in 18 minutes thanks to an 800-volt architecture that supports charging speeds of up to 350 kilowatts, similar to what we've seen uh, for the Porsche Taycan and uh, GM, their new 800-volt system. Hyundai says that for their... Hyundai says that they can expect a five-minute charge to add about 60 miles. That's like the entire capacity of my battery in about five minutes. That's unreal. That's awesome. Uh, Hyundai did not release details on battery sizes, which obviously make a big difference to efficiency because of the weight, uh, but that they do note that the batteries will sit underneath the cabin and the vehicles will have a longer wheelbase that will enable more cabin space for occupants and cargo. Albert Bierman, president and head of R&D for Hyundai Motor Group, said the rear-wheel-driven based eGIMP will extend Hyundai's, quote, technological leadership into segments where customers demand excellent driving dynamics and outstanding efficiency, end quote. And finally, one of the coolest things about the eGIMP is they are planning to support bi-directional charging. That means that 
if you've got a, a charger that's equipped to be able to do that, you could put energy from the EV battery pack back into the grid or to your house, or Hyundai says you could even do that to another vehicle, which is really cool because there really isn't anybody else that's talking about being able to do that kind of things. So potentially with that technology, uh, I could see a company like AAA here in the U.S. You know that that responds to to people running out of gas. Uh, if you ran out of charge, they could use this Hyundai vehicle to vehicle charging, and then just plug it in, and they'd give you a couple miles of juice in order for you to get to the next closest charging station. So that's pretty neat. Way to go, Hyundai! I can't wait to see what they build on this new platform. So that is all for you this week. I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart so very much for your support. As we get into the end of the year, and of course with Thanksgiving, you know, more and more we're thinking about uh, ways to give. EV Resource is not a nonprofit. So if if you're looking for ways to give your money away, uh, I would encourage you to find a local charity that means something to you that uh, you can donate to. However, once you've done that, if you're looking to purchase access to the EV Resource Magazine, the December issue has just been released, or support EV Resource in general uh, through Patreon, I would encourage you to look into doing that. Uh, It's very appreciated. Our executive producer on Patreon is Tom Wiggins, and our producer is James Hart of the True North EVs podcast. Of course, I mentioned Titan Auto and Tire already up at the top of the show. Um, I'm going to move them back to that, uh, just the arrangement that I've worked out with them. They are going to be at the beginning, so not at the end anymore. And um, looking actually for any other advertising partners, if you own a business or know somebody that owns a business, uh, we offer advertising on all of the platforms, in the magazine, on the webpage, all across social media, and then of course here in the podcast and on the YouTube uh, videos. So if you you know anybody that's interesting we are definitely definitely looking to add to our partners ones that are going to bring value to the audience not just anybody you know i don't want it to be like popcorn or shoes or something like that like something that is definitely ev uh specific you know related to uh what would bring you guys value i don't want to waste your time with a bunch of random ads you know (laughs) if i'm gonna say something i want it to bring value to you if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or to the youtube channel click like leave a comment um, or a review especially if you're on apple podcasts that will help other people find the ev resource podcast Um, and with that i'll end it that's it so thank you very much and we'll catch you next week